Hey there, and welcome to Wear Dress Hairdressers podcast, brought to you by Harper Ellis Hair Co. and founded on the belief that stylists around the world can be passionate about the artistry of hair design and use their talents to build wealth. I'm your host, Tara Harville. I'm so excited to have you guys back on the Wear Dress Hairdressers podcast today. I have a very exciting guest, Jennifer Alvarez. She's actually certified with us with Harper Ellis. And honestly, she's been such a great person to work with because she's also a wealth of knowledge. So I'm excited for you guys to hear from her. She has her own salon and she's an educator as well, podcast, all the things. So I'm excited for you guys to hear what all she's up to. So thanks so much, Jennifer, for being on here today. Tara, this is a pleasure. Thank you so much. It's it's fun to be on the other side of the table because <laughs> normally course. the podcast is about other people. So this is this is going to be different for me. So yeah. it's, it's such an honor. Of course, of course, I'm excited to you know ask you all the questions, and of course for everyone to be inspired by your story. So that's where we'll we'll start. Just kind of give us a little background on you and how you got to where you are today. Oh goodness! Um, yeah. Well, thanks. Thanks again for having me. This is this is just so exciting. I've been in the industry now since 2002, and currently I'm a salon owner and an educator, podcast host. I'm wearing a lot of hats, and <laughs> I feel like I've been through a lot of different journeys throughout this industry in the past 20 years. Yeah, absolutely. You do wear a, hat, a lot of hats. We've talked about that several times. <laughs> And I want to change it for anything because, you know, I think that you have to start somewhere. And I feel really fortunate that I've been through a lot of different challenges throughout my career to end up to where I am today. And and I still don't have it all figured out. So I'm, I'm okay course. with that. <laughs> <laughs> of course. I don't think we'll, any of us will ever have it all figured out. I've just learned to accept that. <laughs> I will never have it all figured out. And I think that's okay. So you've been in the industry for 20 years. I know you own your own salon now. Tell us a little bit about uh, salon owning and how you got there. Well, it was definitely 15 years in the making. And, you know, I it was always in me that I wanted to own a salon. I mean, I look back at beauty school and we had this competition where they asked us to create our own salon and what would that look like? And how is it going to be successful? Now, mind you, 20 years ago, like computers, laptops, very different. And so doing research was yeah. so different than it is today. But I do remember going through that process and thinking how empowering that was. However, there was a lot of different things that I had to go through in order to become a salon owner. So I was working at a salon for about 11 years and educating with them, had a lot of great opportunities, a lot of learning curves and ups and downs with them before I decided, you know what, that it's just not working for me. And I did get to a crossroad where I was like, what am I going to do? Am I going to quit or should I keep going? Right. Right. Obviously, you chose to keep going. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think that's a decision. You know, I wake up and make that decision, I think, every day. Obviously, keeping going is, to me, way more rewarding than the alternative. But you have, you know, so much more. Tell us a little bit more about your salon, though. You know, how many people you have in there, what the culture's like, and, you know, how you decided on making the salon what it is today. Yeah, it's it's really evolved over time. So, I started out, so backstory, 
I left that salon that I was at for 11 years and I came to that crossroad of, should I retire (laughs) and, or should I open up a salon? And I did take probably three weeks before I made that decision of I'm going to start. So I actually started Refine Beauty, my salon in a salon suite. And of course there was a lot of fears behind that. And within six months, I was like, I hate this. (laughs) I hated it. And I hired an employee right away and like this small little closet. And I made that leap of faith of, I know how to train people. And, you know, I'm still trying to figure out what I wanted and and what does refined beauty look like? Then I hired another employee, moved into a larger suite And then I hunted for a good two, two years, two and a half years for a larger salon as I was developing the brand and, and what we stood for and, and what does that look like? And then when I found the bigger space in July of 2019, it was like, this is, this is it. This is what we're going to do. And so now fast forward, we have six employees. And we also have another company that we partner up that does spray tans, and then we do on location bridal. So there's been a lot, a lot of growth that has happened within those five years. But I didn't all of a sudden say, "Oh, I'm starting a salon, and all these people were here." You know, it's not right. if you build it, they will come. It took a lot mm-hmm. of time to cultivate that relationship and development of my team and brand. Yeah, absolutely. And I love that you mentioned that because I think that people, you know, sometimes think that you think, you know, you, you build it and they will come and that's not, that's not the case at all. (laughs) I've learned that is actually the opposite of that. You know, you have to cultivate the right people and it's totally a, you know, quality over quantity. I've learned that, you know, more is not better. (laughs) And so finding those right people for your salon, how do you go about doing that? Well, I feel like now I'm in a position that I'm so much more clear on who I'm wanting to have a part of my business and a part of my culture. And so there definitely was some bad hires, but Now that I have gone through that, and not to say that I'm not going to make a mistake again, because sometimes people just interview very well. And then, Uh you know, it's like, it's like dating, right? Everyone's on their best behavior and you're like, oh, you're cute. And, and then all of a sudden, like all the habits or the characteristics that you're not so fond of starts to surface Mm -hmm. and then you're like, what the hell just happened? (laughs) Exactly. So now that I'm much more crystal clear of who we are, what we're looking for in in our people, I know that I can train any hairdresser to be a great hairdresser, but I'm really looking for somebody who has the right personality and has that motivation to become successful. You know, it's, I think that, you know, it's the saying of you, you can lead the horse to the water, but you can't make them drink. And recently I heard a quote by John Maxwell and he was talking about, you need to make the horse thirsty. And Mm -hmm. I thought that was such a cool, a cool way to shift your mindset about leading and training your team. And so there definitely has been quite a bit of a shift within myself of how do I be a better leader and show up for my team 
And I feel like because I'm putting that out there, I've we've been able to develop such a great relationship and bond with my team that when new people come in, they're like, I want to be a part of this. Right. Right. And seeing what everyone else is doing and how successful, you know, they're becoming, you know, I feel like that is also key of having such a successful team because, you know, whenever people come into my environment, they interview, they're like, I just know I want to be like them, you know? And so it's hard as a boss to make sure that no one in your, in your environment becomes that complacent employee, how do you keep them motivated and I guess keep them thirsty per se, like you said, you know, how, what are some, what are some things you do to keep that going? Yeah, I, I believe like as a leader, we really need to find more information about our employees. Like, why do you work? Right. What motivates you? (laughs) What has gotten you into this industry and, and what more do you want? And I think that when we can really pull out of them, something deeper and greater, then that is what we need to use to continue to remind them, this is your why. This is why you started. And this is what can happen for your life too, if you put the right effort in. And not just like leading from a a, a point of data, you know, like I know that a lot of salon owners are like, here's the numbers, here's the numbers, mm-hmm. but not everybody is wired that way. And so really driving home the issue of you want to be financially secure, let's, let's make that happen for you. Right. And kind of pushing more of those pain points on them because that's, what's going to fire them up. Yeah, absolutely. And so I like to lead from that point of, point of view. Yeah, absolutely. And I know you are amazing at that too. I know that you've made wedding hair kind of your niche. And so, you know, why did you get into that? What made you want to make that, you know, kind of your thing? Well, I mean, back to beauty school. Yes. Even though it was 20 years ago, I just had a love for styling hair. I kind of blame it on my mom because my mom is very crafty. She is into like floral design and painting. And so I feel like I got a little bit of her talent from that. Mm -hmm. And I fell in love with the wedding industry because it's like, it's a party. Everyone's getting ready for a big party. I'm like, this is fun. (laughs) And when I saw the financial potential that it could be for us, Mm -hmm. then I was like, we got to do that. So I actually started the bridal on location company in 2013. And it was all because this lady came in for a consultation about her hair. And we were just speaking in a consultation, mind you, I've never met her before. And she said, would you you be willing to do my daughter's hair for her wedding? I'm like, Sure. Absolutely. She's like, perfect. It's next month in California. Mind you, I'm in Chicago. So it's like, oh, sweet. And like, she flew, she had a limo come pick me and my husband up, flew us both out to California, paid for everything and paid for me to do hair and makeup. And I said, there's something here. (laughs) Absolutely. So it was a really cool, like way to begin it, it organically happened. You know, it right. wasn't like, I'm going to have a bridal company. It was just like, I made awesome money and I got a vacation out of it. And right. it's, it's just expanded so much. And it's very beneficial now that we have this niche of having bridal in our business. Cause it has, 
it has really created an increase on our profits and opportunities. That's amazing. What does your on-location bridal company look like now? I mean, are you guys traveling a lot? Do you have more? Is it a larger team or is it just you that is going? How does that look now? Well, I actually, yeah, it's, it's changed a lot. And I, and, you know, as a business owner, I feel like probably on the daily, I'm like, now we're going to do things this way. (laughs) Right. (laughs) I'm like the government making things up as I go. Right. (laughs) But now I'm trying to pull away from myself as the, the spotlight doing the hair and the makeup and really getting my team out there course I'm always needing more teammates this year we already have on the books 50 weddings for the year which has been the most that we've ever done which some are held at the salon now which I think is really cool that we're able to host these parties because in my salon it's in a house it's this super cute house two stories we've got this gorgeous makeup room with vanity lights and then downstairs we have six stations and it's it's just a cool place to to get ready but yeah. we do go on location but we're changing that quite a bit of like how far are we traveling cuz you know time yeah. is money if the yeah. staff is out of the salon then what's happening with the income at the salon too so we're yeah, always exactly. making shifts but here's the mm-hmm. cool thing about doing weddings about 75% of our brides get extensions so cool so so yes, very <laughs> you know cool. I think that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, how do we maximize this guest experience? It's not just mm-hmm. about the day of the wedding. What can we do to get them to get their wedding right. party to get the moms into the salon, spending more money with us? People right. are spending at least an average in my area about sixty thousand dollars for weddings. That money wow. I want. I want a piece mm-hmm. of that pie. Absolutely. Absolutely. We should all be thinking that way. <laughs> yes. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> are you seeing a lot of your brides getting, you know, like hand tied extensions or are they, you know, benefiting from more of like the clip-ins and the halos or just kind of all of it? Well, I definitely will say, and I, I'm not doing an advertisement for you, Tara, but really since <laughs> we've heard about your company and learned the um, concealed method mm-hmm. that... We have really been talking that area up because we understand the maintenance of it. We understand the benefits of it. It's easier for us to create all sorts of styles with that particular Mm -hmm. method. Now, before where I feel like it wasn't really a known thing, at least in our area, you know, everyone was Mm -hmm. doing more clip-ins and halos. And of course, we want to make sure that whatever we're recommending is the best thing for that client because we yeah, want to make sure that we have integrity as a company. But we definitely know like, okay, you've got all of these events. Why are you just wanting to have nicer looking hair for your wedding day? Why not choose to have nice hair for your engagement shoot, your bachelorette party, your bridal shower, you know, like why not have nice hair all the time? They're coming in more often to see us so that we can help them truly be bridal beauty ready. Right, right. Absolutely. So, you know, diving into this bridal world, do you foresee yourself, you know, kind of staying in this world? Do you foresee yourself building a team that is beyond you that's actually more on location than you are? What's the future for that? And what's that look like for you? 
You know, I, I'm a dreamer. I have big plans for not only my own business, but I just, I have this mission of, I really want to make an impact in the beauty industry and that I, I want to be able to help other people dream bigger, think bigger and provide opportunities for people to be financially successful. So yes, I can picture getting in other states. I can picture having multiple locations. I can picture having a a bigger team for sure. And I believe it's important to think bigger for sure. But I feel like at this time, I'm just really focused on right now and trying to be as present as possible because I know that each day that we are doing, taking steps in a better direction and working together, that I know that big things will happen because of that. Yeah, that's amazing. I love that. I love talking to you. I'm always so inspired because you do have big dreams. You're like me. I'm a dreamer as well. Um, But that's such great advice, kind of living in the moment. It's actually something that I have worked on myself this year. And that's, that's hard to do. You know, you're always looking to the next step, but then you, yeah, you wake up and you're like, Oh my gosh, I'm not even taking the time to, you know, enjoy where I'm at. And, you know, honestly, the journey is, is more fun than anything. If you allow it to be, (laughs) can be a little stressful, but to me, the journey is the most fun place to be. Yes. I I will say I, I definitely have days where I'm like, like, (laughs) <laughs> I'll go through a lot of different emotions. And um, mm-hmm. I was just at a class the other day. They were saying, we've got 52 different emotions. I'm like, yeah, I feel like I experience most of those every day. <laughs> when it comes like to every, every five minutes. <laughs> every five minutes. Yes. I'm like, yay, we've got something to celebrate. And then the next mm-hmm. time, you know, five minutes later, I'm like, oh, shit, I got to put this fire out. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I actually was telling one of my really good friends that's actually working on building her own empire now. And I told her, I just said, if I could give you any advice, it's just like, don't harden your heart. You are full of so much love and don't let that change because business can do that to you sometimes. You know, you can, you can wake up and heartbreak after heartbreak, but you know, I think that's okay. I think the heartbreak kind of conditions us to, to be good to other people and, you know, we can all succeed and to actually genuinely help other people get to where they want to go. And so um, I can see that in you and I know that's why your businesses are so successful. Yeah. The- you know, I, I do believe it's important. Nobody wants to go through pain. Nobody mm-hmm. wants to go through difficult times. But it's almost inevitable. It's going to happen. And if we can just take those adversities that we go through and use it as a superpower, you know, look at, you know, Michael Jordan, you know, the fact that he didn't make the team really inspired him to, I'm going to prove them wrong. So how can we take all of these painful points that have happened in our life and say, I'm not going to let that destroy me. If anything, I'm going to allow it to strengthen me to strengthen others. Absolutely. I love that so much. And you know, I think that's what success is sometimes. It's like it's not necessarily about the wins and how like how many 
wins you can get throughout your career. I think it's more so of like how you get back up after you've been knocked down. Because truthfully, you know, an empire, you are knocked down every single day, sometimes multiple times a day. And so, you know, I've learned, I'm like, you know, my success kind of defines now of how I've gotten back up every single time you know, I've gotten knocked back down. And so now it's kind of a game for me and I'm kind of addicted to that. I'm like, okay, you know, what's coming next? I'm just like waiting to swing. And so I think that's the one thing about, you know, someone building their own empire, what they need to know is like, it's not all sunshine and rainbows and it's not what good is going to come your way. It's just how you're going to handle it all. So I love that you said that for sure. Perseverance. Absolutely. Absolutely. So what advice would you give someone that wanted to, you know, build their own empire? I would say a lot of brainstorming and it's important to, you know, one of the most important things I think about business ownership is mindset mm-hmm. of, you know, the, the, the saying goes of whether you think you can, or you think you can't either way, you're right. And so I, you know, I'm a very emotional, sensitive person and I definitely am learning how to develop thicker skin and, and persevere during those mm-hmm. times I do get knocked down. And, you know, in the very beginning, I had a lot of fear, fear around failure, fear around, is it going to be too successful? Like just a fear in general of what if, what could right. it be? And I, if I could just go back and shake myself, <laughs> right? <laughs> I would have said, you know, what if it could be really great? And yeah. I think that in life, we will always regret not trying and never regret trying. Oh, absolutely. To me, that's where the what ifs come from. You know, uh, what if I should have done that? You know, what, what, where would I be today? Exactly. Exactly. Well, I love yeah. that advice. Uh, Jennifer, I've loved having you on here today. You are obviously just such a wealth of knowledge. And I know that so many hairdressers are going to be listening to this and be inspired to, you know, I think be brave. I think that's, you know, from listening to you and talking to you, that's exactly what you are. And I'm excited for them to hear from you. So I want you to tell them where they can find you, where they can look you up. I know you have a podcast, your salon. I want to, I want to know it all that way they can find you. Yes. Thank you so much, Tara, again, for having me on your podcast. This is amazing. And if any of the listeners would like to check more out about my podcast, it is called The Beauty Business Game Changer. And you can find that on Spotify or Apple. And you can find me on Instagram at Jennifer Jade Alvarez. And if you want to poke around and see what my salon is about, it's called Refined Beauty Boutique. I love that. I love that. I know everyone will be sprinting to follow along on your journey. So thank you again for inspiring everyone and being on here today. Again, I'm honored to speak with you and I know that everyone will enjoy listening so much. So thank you guys for listening to episode 33 of We're Just Hairdressers podcast. I'm Tara Harville reminding you that building wealth from behind the chair is attainable. 